Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and you are listening to All Ball. All basketball, all the time. Although we have a special guest today, doesn't totally fit with that, but still it's a fascinating story you're going to like. Nonetheless. Let me just kind of give you some quick thoughts on what we've seen so far uh, in the Elite Eight now leading to the Final Four. And the first thing is, you know, like, I don't hate saying I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> Gonzaga's that good. They just are. And what's impressive is, um, you know, you take what Drew Timmy did, and we're recording this on a Wednesday after the Elite Eight, which is on a Tuesday. I mean, that he's, he's the kind of kid, like, let's not get it twisted. Yes, because they can shoot. Um, because they have so many implied threats, if you will, uh, it's really hard to zone them because you get spaced out. But that's really the way that USC had played that zone since they put it in. Um, the difference is that Drew Timmy dominated Evan Mobley. And he's the kind of kid who's like, oh, really? He's not three pick? I'm going to kick his ass. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. So you have a mix of age, experience, two-point guards, quality coaching, just enough depth, give guys breaks. But I actually like teams that, that have that kind of perfect depth, right, where you know, you just get in a better rhythm when you're only playing seven or eight. You play ten, like, sometimes it can be hard to establish rhythm and, and, and fail early in the game. Obviously, they didn't fail early yesterday. But 
you know, Kisper didn't even make shots <laughs> and they missed, I think, 13 or 14 layups and they still mollywopped USC. Like, that's how good they are. And they're the perfect mix of age, experience, you know, youthful vigor with, with Jalen Suggs and quality coaching. You know, I, Big 12 people tell me, hey, Baylor is just as good. They're better defensively. And I, I think it's going to be Baylor and Gonzaga. But I think, you know, when I said Gonzaga or the field going back to November 26th, I've been doing it periodically throughout the year. There, there's a reason. Like, they're just they're better than everybody else. Um, I don't know how UCLA won that game. I really don't. And I, I guess the easy, easy way to say is like, hey, Mick Cronin is a tough-ass dude. And he got all those kids to become tough. I like those are mostly Southern California kids too. You know, Tiger's not, but the rest of them are. And I think it's fascinating to go, you know, the, the narrative has always been, you know, SoCal kids are soft or whatever. Did they look soft last night? Like that was a pier six brawl. Um, for Michigan, you know, they, they never really had the type of, Obviously, not having livers hurts them offensively, but I would say that they managed it pretty well. I mean, Johns was a, was real was outstanding in the tournament ever since livers went down. But they 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 did it without the type of wings that they've had, where you can a Karis Levert, um, uh, a Tim Hardaway, you know, a guy who who can go get you a bucket. I actually think that we'll look back and go, you know, with two grad transfers. I mean, Chudney Brown was a kind of godsend there when livers went out, gives them points off the bench. And Mike Smith was just solid all year long, right? But with, with two grad transfers to make it work, um, I think that's really outstanding stuff. And, um, you know, it's it, it's the type of thing that they can build upon. And I just think for Michigan, and they're just going to have to be careful. Now they're recruiting – at a much higher level than they did with John Beeline, but will they still have the same uh, type of character that that they have with that they've had throughout this entire time? I think the answer is yes, because I Juwan Howard strikes me as a no nonsense guy. Seems to totally get it, right? And I mean, you look at how limited the minutes were for his own son. I mean, there's a guy who he understands how this thing all works. I, I think Michigan's gonna be a problem in that league for a long time. You know that the staff is really good. The coaching is really good, and Juwan gives them just enough pop in terms of kind of cool cred and NBA cred that it, it it's definitely going to work. Um, yeah, could you nitpick about a couple of things last night? Like, sure, of course you can. And they got beat by a team that I would say um, they have a little bit more talent than, and the matchup should have favored them a little bit more in terms of scoring inside, uh, but. Like if the game's gonna be officiated that way and UCLA is gonna meet the challenge, which they did, it's pretty fantastic. And and look, Michigan missed layups down the stretch. I would have to think fatigue played a factor. They've been in Indy since like the end of the first week in March, right? You lose in uh lose to Michigan State and then they, they pack their bags and head to Indy. They've been there ever since. That that mentally and physically wears you down. There's no question about it. And then, you know, as far as Houston's concerned. We've had Kelvin on the pod. You should download it. Go check it out. Kelvin Sampson, the all-ball pod, told the story. But those of us who, you know, we, we're all going to talk about uh, Baylor and that rebuild job, which has been remarkable, but also been chronicled. And they've been good now for most of the past 15 years or 10 years, whatever. Houston just was apathetic. They didn't care. 
know, they couldn't get anybody to go to Hop Hines. Hop Hines was a dump. And, you know, now they got it. Now they got it going. They, they truly got it going on. Um, I just don't think they can score with Baylor. I mean, Baylor is an impressive, impressive squad in terms of their ability to score the basketball. Uh, and then, you know, like, look, what we missed on, I think, with the Pac-12 is how how decimated those programs have been by the NBA draft consistently. And, um, you know, the reason that league hasn't gotten the best seeds, I mean, look, Arizona was a one seed a couple years ago. They just completely pooped the bed, or two seeds, excuse me, pooped the bed against the Buffalo team that was probably underseeded. But still, you should beat Buffalo. Some has been poor performance in the NCAA tournament, which they have no one to blame. But, and some, quite frankly, has been um, the fact that because they're constantly having to put together their teams on the fly, right, you keep having to build new and new teams and new teams and more new teams. Like that's not going to work long term, and it hasn't worked long term for them. So I think there's a there's a reason just behind the Pac-12 struggles more so than their TV deals weren't any good. The TV deals are actually really really good, considering how few people want to watch. Them. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. 
Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, we've done a ton of really, really interesting interviews. I, I wanted to take this one kind of sidestep for a reason, because I'm fascinated by Alex Honnold, who's a, uh, he's a rock climber, like go climb a rock, right? You, you, you keep your mom always go play in the freeway, go climb a rock. Well, he is probably the best known climber in the country. He, uh, when he was climbing El Capitan, right, which is in Yosemite, El Cap, El Cap or whatever is, that, is what the kids call it. Um, he, they, they filmed a movie called free solo. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. I mean, truly amazing. A free solo climb of fame El Capitan, which is a 900 meter vertical face rocking Yosemite, uh, national forest. It's, I mean, pretty intense to just look at. I mean, all these, you just even look at the photos of it and he's climbing up and I don't, I mean, how they filmed it is fascinating. So, I thought you'd be interested in it. He's got a new podcast out. Plus, not sure if you're aware of this, but um, um, climbing is an Olympic sport now. Olympic sport. So without further ado, let's catch up with the foremost free climber in the country, Alex Holland. Okay, so first time you ever climbed something. Like, not just like climb the tree. Like my son's just turned 12. He likes to climb tree. First time you ever like actually put the harnesses on or freak and, or just climb without anything like without a harness. The first time ever. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so I actually started climbing like your son, climbing trees, climbing structures, climbing buildings, having a good time. And then when I was 10, maybe, or maybe 11, I went to a climbing gym for the first time. So going indoors using harnesses and climbing in a more structured rock climbing way. And then the first time climbing by myself without a rope was probably when I was 19 or 20, uh, just at some of the cliffs near where I grew up in Sacramento. Did, did like you start climbing things without ropes, without protection. Do you n- naturally innately not have like the normal fear that normal human being, right? I just, no, no, there no, is no. Some, there, there's, there's, there's a lot to the sport, which amazes me, right? The dexterity of being able to contort your body and how you train for that is amazing. The strength in your wrists as well. And I'm sure your weight is really important, right? Like, there's no chance that you you're disproportionate in any way. And you know, the, the less you weigh, obviously the easier it is, but you have to maintain your strength, but just the lack of fear. That's where, that's where I, I have three children and I've actually, I didn't actually know it until I became a parent, which is all sports are kind of the same. You have to get over this level of fear. And if you can't, it's okay. That's just not, that's not your lane. So did you, are you, is this just something with climbing that you don't have like a fear of falling or heights or, or is that no, your, your personality? Well, I mean, I think 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough question in a way because you know it's been my entire life, so it's hard to to parse out how much is is just practice. I mean, basically, I've been climbing full time for twenty five years, so obviously, it's not scary for me anymore because it's all I've done for my entire life, basically. But I think that that mostly the overcoming fear has been a product of 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 practice, you know, preparation, like just exposure, basically exposure therapy. Yeah. Um, but I think that I was sort of innately more drawn to the positions. Like I like the exposure. I like being up high. Like I really like getting on top of things, you know, like even as a kid, I like standing on top of, of play structures and things standing on top of the swing set. So, you know, I think there's that innate draw, but, but when I was young, I mean, it was scary. You know, the idea of falling off a cliff is still scary. It's just that now I feel very comfortable that I'm not going to fall off the cliff, you know, basically through, through practice, you just realize what you can and can't do. In uh, when when people hear that it's going to be in the Olympics, I think the first question is, well, how do you judge it? What is the is where is the where is the where is the the judging in the gold medalist who never heard of you guy? So uh, yeah, there's already a really robust World Cup circuit for climbing. So there's already a whole competition framework for rock climbing. And right now there are three different disciplines, and the Olympic format combines all three of those disciplines into one medal. But so the three disciplines, the three sort of subsets are, are judged in different ways. Um, one is speed, just the fastest person up the wall. One is difficulty, where whoever climbs the highest up the route wins. And then one is bouldering, which is basically the same. Whoever climbs the highest wins, but it's on boulders, which means it's smaller height. So there's no rope involved. Uh, you know, you just climb very, very physically hard problems that are, you know, say under 15 feet high. And when you fall, you land on a gymnastic pad. But so basically they take the top scores of those three formats and combine them into an overall climbing champion. Who, who's the, who's the Jordan. And by Jordan, I mean, not currently the best, but the one who kind of laid the framework for all this stuff to happen. Oh, that's hard to say, actually. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I know my, my basketball well enough to fit all the, the key climbing. Well, like the person guys, this, this is, this is the guy like Tiger Woods, like Tiger Woods Mm -hmm. is, how all most of the golfers that play the younger guys now they're like man i got into golf because tiger woods made it kind of cool to play golf yeah i know what you mean i mean you know to be honest like to some extent i'm i'm filling that role partially just because the film free solo has been such a popular vehicle for people to get into climbing you know people see the movie in theaters are like that's crazy and then they go to the climbing gym they check it out they enjoy it and they get into the sport but i think in terms of you know, dominating the the sport of climbing. I mean, currently it might be a climber named Adam Andra, who's uh, from the Czech Republic. He's European. Um, he'll be going to the Olympics and, and has a decent shot at winning. Um, though the format is a little bit weird. So it's like really anybody's, anybody's game at the, at the Olympics. But um, which of the three disciplines is he the best in? He's the best at lead climbing and bouldering. So basically the two forms of difficulty, but he's a pretty bad speed climber so that's why it's a bit of a shot you know everyone has a good shot at it basically what's your strength well my strength is sort of totally outside of what they're doing in the olympics sort of like ultra distance right. because if you think of something like El cap it's a uh, i mean it's literally hundreds of times taller than than the than the walls in the olympics and so you know if, if competitive climbing is sort of like running sprints i'm i'm out doing like ultra marathons through the mountains basically it's like a whole different sport Okay, so um, let, let's get in the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. what the first idea of it's good, it should be a movie came from you? Came from who? No, it came from the the filmmakers Jimmy Chin and Chai Vasarelli, the the co directors. Um, they approached me about doing a feature film, and it just so what, happened. What year is this? What year is this? Oh, uh, this is uh, twenty fifteen, maybe like basically a couple years before the film. 
Okay, so you're how old at the time? Uh, I guess I was 30. So how'd they decide you're the guy? Well, I'd already done tons of, of cutting edge free solos within the climbing community. So, and Jimmy and I had traveled on many climbing expeditions together. So we'd worked together a lot. He knew how I climbed, how I liked to climb. And they felt like there was an interesting story there just about, you know, why I was driven to soloing. They knew nothing about the idea of soloing El Cap. And then, uh, you know, they asked me about doing a film and I was like, oh, well, good timing because there's this thing I want to do. And I think, you know, when Jimmy heard about El Cap, he found it pretty unnerving in a way because, it, it, I mean, El Cap is really such an iconic wall in climbing. It, it really holds a huge cultural, it's it's like at the center of climbing mythology almost. It's like it holds right. a it's the mecca it's, it's yeah yeah it really is and so jimmy heard that and was like oh geez like i don't know if i want to be involved in that like that almost sounds like too much but uh but chai was like that sounds like a great film you know and then obviously it all came together and, and ultimately the climb worked out okay so how did how does it work how do they film that how does that affect it has to on some level affect like you have a this is how i like you said they know how you climb this is how i climb but all of a sudden they're filming that you know there's there's equipment there's you know they they want to get the right shots how did that affect your ability to climb yeah well so if you've seen the film you see a fair amount of the filmmakers rappelling down the wall next to me and things and actually that was a big part of why i was motivated to make the film was because i knew that to do the preparation that was required to do the climb i'd have to spend a lot of time hiking to the summit rappelling down with ropes and equipment and like working on various sections of the climb and that's actually easier if you have a partner, like basically to carry all the weight up the wall and to rappel down and to do all the rope work. It's actually easier if you have somebody with you and that person may as well have a camera. Um, you know, it's, it's like one of those classic things where when you have a big goal in climbing, you can kind of ask your friends to help you to some extent, but if it's going to take you months of effort, it's kind of better if the friends are getting paid for something, you know, like if they're cameramen and they're actually like making yeah, yeah, yeah. by working on the project because otherwise you know, none of my friends are, are that good of friends. <laughs> like they're willing to help for a week or two, but not, not for months, you know, and, and so, that took, took months of effort to. Well, how do I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the conditioning for it, by the, is there a certain weight that you always want to climb at? Not exactly, but I stay within a very narrow band. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, for me personally, I generally fluctuate between say 155 and 160. Um, though when I free sell it all cap, I dropped all the way down to 152 and a half. But that, I think that was mostly because I was hiking so much, like going to the top of the wall over and over every day. And so I just got skinnier basically. And I was, I was eating basically a vegan diet at the time and no desserts. Like I, I have a bit of a sweet tooth. So without eating dessert for many months and then hiking a ton, I just lost a few pounds, which is how, how do how do you build up and maintain the wrist strength outside of just climbing all the time. Like what is, how do you, how do you build that, build that up? Because it's, it, it's anybody who's done it, who's not a climber. I think the things you walk away thinking is like, Oh my God, my body is not really flexible. I'm not as strong in the place. And then my, my hands and my wrist, you get done and you're just like, wow. And yeah, I, you, know, you do something it's lame. It's all in your forearm. It's like the muscle, like basically yeah. your hands. But so you condition your hands mostly by climbing all the time, by just climbing a lot. But then also there are some specific forms of training like hangboarding where you hang from a small edge, you can add weight. Um, it's kind of like weightlifting for your fingertips where you just hang from, from small edges. But um, actually, I mean, I'm in, I'm in my bedroom. There's a hangboard above the door behind me. You know, it's like last yesterday afternoon, I like trained on the hangboard for an hour. So how long? Uh, well, it depends what you're trying to do. I mean, so for me, I, yesterday I was doing sort of max hangs, like sort of building power. And so I was hanging with one arm from an edge for like a couple seconds. You know, and in a way it feels really silly because you hang for a couple seconds and then you rest for a couple minutes. 
you know, but yeah. it's basically like doing max lifts or something where it's like full oh, I get it. effort. But um, but when it's all said and done, you've only actually hung for you know two minutes during your workout. But it's like it's really really hard. Well, you're centralizing all that focus right on your wrist on one you know one hand. Yeah, on your on your forearms and your fingers for sure. Yeah. And it's not just um, the muscles; it's like the connective tissue, the tendons. You know, when you saw the film before, went to I think Telluride was when it first kind of blew up. When you saw the film, what was your reaction? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a film by yourself, but I was like, oh, geez. You know, I mean, you know, I, no, I, I'm, that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm interested. It's, uh, you know, it was a complicated reaction because, you know, it's a great film. I could tell that, you know, it's beautifully shot. It did justice to the story. El Cap looked amazing, but nobody wants to see themselves talking for 90 minutes on a big screen. You know, I was like, oh, like that's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I never had strong opinions about what would happen with the film you know, I was mostly just like, put it out, see what people think about it. And, you know, I was glad that it was real, well received. I was glad that people enjoyed it. But, you know, let's just say I haven't watched it again since I've seen it in theaters, you know, it's not like yeah. you watch a movie. Well, but, but when it was so incredibly well received, did that change your ability? You, you haven't watched it. So I mean, that it was, I mean, because I'm sure the first time you see it and you now you hear your own voice, like, oh, my God, people are going to hate my voice, whatever. And then all of a sudden, everybody's just going crazy over like, this is amazing. That had that had to change your perspective a little bit. Yeah, I know that that did a little and, and it's super gratifying. And, you know, obviously, I was I was very appreciative. You know, I was glad that people enjoy it. And it's nice because it is legitimately the thing that I'm most proud of in climbing. You know, it's something that I worked very hard for and, and that I am proud of. And so it's nice to see that it was well received by by the broader community. So I'm like, you know, I put years of effort into it and I thought it was really hard. And I'm, I'm glad that other people appreciate it in the same way. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like I feel good about that. I read where your mom is the oldest woman to climb El Cap. Is that is this an accurate is that, that it? I'm not positive. It could be true. It could be true. Now, was she a climber or did you, did she see what you're doing? And then she was like, I, I, that's, I want to try that. She, um, well, so she wasn't a climber until, you know, maybe 10 years ago. So basically I'd been climbing full-time for 15 years. And then my mom sure. said that she wanted to go to the climbing gym, try it out. And so she's been a very casual climber ever since then. You know, she, she climbs a little bit, but now it's been, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 years, maybe that she's been sort of casually climbing. And, uh, and she often, for her birthday, I often take her up a big route in Yosemite, just as like a fun adventure where, uh, you know, I can like kind of guide her up the whole peak. And so over the years, she's kind of taken on bigger walls. And, and so her goal was to, to go up El Cap. So she basically learned how to ascend the ropes. And then, uh, you know, I basically guided her up El Cap. And it was, you know, I was like, that's, it's a pretty proud effort for, for an older lady, you know. It's, ama it's amazing. Really amazing. So the, the podcast, why do it? Oh, I think, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. But basically, I think that climbing is having a moment, you know, with it going into the Olympics. But it's just an interesting time for climbing because the sport's been blowing up. I mean, COVID aside, gyms have been experiencing tremendous growth. Tons of people are getting into climbing. And it's just interesting because when I do events or when I do, you know, film events, everyone that I meet is like, oh, I started climbing two years ago. I started climbing three years ago. And they all start climbing in the climbing gym, which is great. It's incredible access. But it's just a very different time for climbing now. And so we felt like it was a, a good moment to share some of the iconic stories of climbing. So sort of the timeless tales from the last you know, 50 years of climbing to show a little bit where the sport has come from, but then also to show where it's going. Because most old school climbers don't really, they don't even understand the Olympic format. They, they don't understand what elite competitors are doing. And now it's sort of almost to the point where it's you know, splitting into different sports. 
And so it's nice to find some of those stories that tie them together. Give me one. Give me what. Give, give me one iconic story that 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 you're cover. You're gonna cover. Well, I mean, there there are a bunch. A lot of them are iconic people. But so the the first episode is a, a fun interview with Peter Croft, who's this legendary free soloist. Who actually he appears in the film Free Solo as well. Yeah. Um, he's the older guy that I chat with. Um, and he was a huge inspiration for my climbing. Uh, you know, I saw the things that he had done and it really showed me what, what was possible for humans. And then I sort of took that a step further with, with things like El Cap. But uh, we chat with Peter quite a bit about where his vision came from, like why he, he felt like it was possible for him to do things that, that nobody else thought were possible. And then, and then more importantly, where the limits of that vision take you. You know, like why did he never look at El Cap and think that might be possible? And then, you know, why is it hard for me to see past El Cap? You know, like basically there are generational limits where it's like each climbing generation can see certain big goals. But beyond that, it's like, who knows? You know, you it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, uh, I'll give you the, I'll give you the basketball analogy. Like when we watch yeah. the dunk contest now, you're like, why didn't guys go around their back and through their legs and dunk it when it was Michael Jordan? And it was like, again, there's like a, just a generational ceiling where Jordan took what Dr. J had done taken off from the free throw line and he cocked it back instead of just anyway. I, 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 so, so the interesting thing though with basketball is presumably the physical limits are roughly the same. I mean, people probably jump almost as high, they run almost as fast. I mean, probably that stuff is a little faster, but like, yeah, human potential is, is relatively similar. You know, it's not like people nowadays are running way faster than people 25 years ago, but, but, but slightly and, and, and like you, like. You know, I don't know if, if people previous to you trained the way you did, eat the way you did. And, yeah, and you have and the technology is even if it's just very slightly, there is slightly better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. In climbing, for sure. That makes a difference. Like the shoes are better. The chocolate. Like, but it's right. So it's the same thing in basketball. Like if you ever seen like Chuck Taylor's like dudes are going to jump. It's not it, it might just be slightly, but the, yeah. it'll be better. And and. What's crazy about that, though, is all those little tiny incremental shifts. Like you wouldn't yes. think that a pair of sneakers makes that big a difference. But when you add up like all the little things like you're saying diet and fitness and, you know, conditioning equipment. And then and then you add the cultural differences where you're like, oh, I saw, you know, I grew up watching videos of a guy do a certain thing. You're like, I'm going to be better than that. You know, and then it's just crazy. Like what happens each generation? You know, it's like there's just such such change. I don't know. I mean, so basically that's what we're trying to explore through the podcast is like. Yeah, I mean, because we're actually kind of looking at three different generations of climbing or almost four, if you count like the modern elite Olympic style is basically like a fourth generation of climbers. And there's just been just tremendous change. And I mean, even more that like a sport like basketball, it's like, yeah, the sneakers change. But a sport like climbing, the original pioneers of climbing, their ropes would actually physically break like their ropes weren't guaranteed to catch falls. Like nowadays, you can trust your rope like 100 percent with your life, like a rope will always catch you. But Back in the day, rope snapped all the time routinely. So obviously that's a completely different, you know, it, it totally changes the way you climb if you can't actually trust your safety equipment. How do you, like, there has to be, there has to be that in the, you know, how do you, how do you understand your own limits? I guess that that's the thing, because if you look at what you've accomplished thus far, you push the limits of what most people think a human being is capable of doing, right? But how do you in your own mind go like, I can't do that. I just, it's just not, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I know. And that's, that's an interesting question. And that's something that as, as a soloist, you have to wrestle with all the time because, you know, there's always the desire to do cool things 
but then you have to reconcile that with with whether or not it's possible you know right. but, but i think uh for me a lot of that just comes down to sort of you know subjective feeling like if, if i look up at a wall and it fills me with dread and i'm like oh that makes me feel a little sick to my stomach or often you're you feel overwhelmed we need to go poo you know you're like oh my stomach just dropped you're like that doesn't you know when when things like that happen like basically if it feels really scary you're probably not ready for it is is my takeaway okay um what's your what's your white whale what, what's the the climb you want to do you haven't yet done you always want to do it it's like i i just uh, yeah life timing whatever hasn't happened yet i mean el cap was my white whale for for right. 10 years basically beyond that i can imagine a few other big climbs but they don't mean as much to me as el cap partially because they aren't as local they aren't as as personal uh you know i mean because i grew up a couple hours away from from yosemite so you know i remember going camping there as a kid it's like el cap was something that's always not just the the centrality in the climbing world but also in my personal life you know it's like camping below and, and thinking how inspiring it is and things like that so you know a lot of the other climbing objectives around the world sort of lack that that personal attachment but um but no i mean there's some things i'd like to do in bigger mountains um there are a lot of historic free solos that have been done in europe that that uh i'd like to go repeat like the alps yeah yeah exactly the alps and the dolomites in uh, northern italy but so, um, you know, I'd like to go repeat some of those kinds of things. I mean, I, I don't know. I've always been I've always been a fan of climbing history, too. You know, it's like if if other people from from my generation or, or previously have done hard climbs, I'd like to go repeat some of those. And so that, that gives me plenty of things to do. I would I would guess and I've experienced this with my basketball podcast, but with your with your podcast that you'll go any and obviously because of free solo, everybody's going to know you, but you'll get invited to you know, to any and every climb and there'll be, there'll be somebody in, you know, the most remote place. And they'll say like, I listen to your podcast. The podcast thing is really remarkable on how easy it, it translates and people can listen to it at their own pace. And especially when it's hyper-focused on something that you're into, mm. uh, I, I think you'll find it's going to resonate in on a level that's ridiculous. That's interesting. I, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I like I, since I have no experience with it, I'm like I have no expectation. Though honestly, that's pretty similar to the film Free Solar coming out. You know, it's like right. not like I do anything about movies. I was just like, this is going to be a crazy ride. Let's just see what happens. And so the podcast feels very much the same. We've been working on it for the last six months. So you know, it's like we've just been working away in my in my closet. Actually, is my sound studio. So I just sit in my closet and I chat with other climbers and we have a good conversation and I have no expectation for what will happen with it. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens when it releases. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you, when I read when you moved into your house in 17, you didn't have any furniture. So you just lived in your van in the, in the driveway. Yeah. For, for the first uh, couple of weeks, I guess I basically, I closed on the house and, um, and all I had was Wi-Fi. Like I had a wireless router in the house, but no furniture. But so you just van- used it as a hotspot. It's the most expensive <laughs> yeah, exactly. hotspot in the history of hotspots. And, and it was perfect because the driveway, at least I was like, well, it's my driveway. So I can park here as long as I want. No one's ever going to hassle me. You know, I can use the bathroom. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I have Wi-Fi, I have a bathroom, and then I have perfect parking where, where no one's going to disturb me. So I just lived on the driveway for a while. Um, okay. You mentioned all this camping that you've done. Mm. Uh, like, are you, are you an expert camper? Like you can, you start your own fire without, you know, just use the wood and do that, do that deal. No, no. I mean, I have, I have done that in a few places and I have been with people who, who are quite good at that kind of thing, but no, I mean, I would consider myself an expert American West van camper, you know, so I'm very good at feeling out what's public land, what's private land, where you might get shot at, where you won't get shot at, where someone's going to break into your car, you know, whether a neighborhood's going to be quiet or not, things like that. You know, but those so you are always those... in your car, you don't do the tent. Uh, no, I mean, the whole beauty of a van is that, uh, yeah, I've lived out of a van for basically 15 years. And, um, and that allows you to travel all over the West, follow the weather, follow good conditions, climb, you know, full time. But um, I try to avoid a tent when possible, basically, because it's just not as comfortable. You know, the van is like a tiny little mobile apartment. And so it's like my apartment just goes to wherever I need to climb. Um, this, this is the hardest one. The most when you, if you close your eyes and it's like, this is my 
spot on earth that's the most beautiful place that i've been is it el cap what where is it yeah it's maybe el cap meadow it's maybe patagonia in southern argentina um it's like big mountain range and okay wait, wait, it's okay so i've 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 had the gear i've done the patagonia gear i know what you're talking about yeah it, give me a this give me the verbal description of when if you having been there this is why patagonia is one of the most spectacular places on earth Oh, Patagonia is just so wild. It feels like a prehistoric Yosemite because it's huge granite spires, but there's still active glaciers all over. There are huge snow fields tumbling down the sides of the granite peaks. I mean, it's like big, you know, silver granite teeth sticking out of primeval glaciers. It's totally wild with huge lakes. And uh, it's just like a, it's like, it's an epic landscape in the true sense of the word epic, you know, like beyond human scope. It's like, it's, it's all inspiring in the conventional sense of the term where you're like, whoa, you know, it's, it's really, really impressive. But Sounds, sounds amazing. Well, look, man, I can't wait to hear the pod. Um, and you know, the, everybody knows the movie is spectacular and I, it's amazing to meet you. And I really, really appreciate your time. No, I appreciate you taking uh, time away from from basketball. You know, I know to uh, to talk about something other than ball sports, it's a, it's a big deal. I appreciate. No, that. it's 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 to me, it's it's interesting people and interesting stories in sports, and what you end up having is this uh, this unique respect. I think there's the, the respect for what the your, your, the sport of climbing because it is a true sport, and I I agree it's going to have a huge summer. It's going to be really amazing to see it when it's in the Olympics. Plus. Our, I mean, like, look, here's the other, we talk about equipment. I mean, how much has the GoPro changed everything, right? To now you're, you're seeing POV of what it's like, and it's incredible. And so I, I'll be interested to see how NBC shoots it, what it looks like, but it's going to be, it should be amazing for your sport. Well, actually, uh, also, I'm supposed to be doing commentary for the Olympics this summer. So I'm supposed to be there chatting about it. I don't know what that entails exactly. But so a big part of starting the podcast was so that I personally could learn how to talk about these kinds of things so that I wouldn't totally embarrass myself at the Olympics, because I kind of thought that the podcast would be perfect practice for, you know, live commentary. So I was like, oh, no, I have no idea how to do that. So yeah, you have to you have to tighten. You have to do what's called tighten it up, tighten it up, tighten it up, 15 to 45, 15 to 45. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you for advice when the time comes. I'm like, so how do I do this? I would lie. I'd, I'd love to help. Hey, man, thanks for your time. Pod's going to be awesome. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. Uh, the New York Times said Alex Honnold's free solo climb should be celebrated as one of the great athletic feats of any kind ever. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. What he has, what he is what he was able to do. I can't imagine. Can you imagine? No, thanks. I, I, I'm not scared of heights. I'm scared of falling for heights. That's my big thing. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that conversation. I'm Doug Gottlieb and this is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.